Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Emma G podcast. What can I say about my guest on this week's episode? It's Caroline Hirons and truth be told, um, I actually recorded this introduction a few hours after I interviewed Caroline at her office and it's the middle of the night, it's two days before I'm due to publish and I've decided to re-record it because I just didn't feel as though I had done her justice in the original version. So the way that I usually like to work in my job as a writer and editor is to do all my research, whether it's an interview, an in-depth piece on new skincare, or something to do with a new health trend, and then I leave it alone for a day before I write it. There's an awful lot to be said in my experience for how the brain percolates all that information and then processes it in a way that when you go back to write it a day later, it's all there in organised files. Turns out the same is true for this introduction. Chatting to Caroline had a really positive impact on me. Now, I've mentioned Caroline as my guest and to simply say that the Caroline Hirons effect is real, it is, one blog post can sell out a product and increased sales by over a thousand percent, meaning that she now has to give brands a heads up before she publishes. That doesn't cover it. To say she has a legion of fans, she has over 133,000 followers on Instagram, nearly 56,000 on Twitter, and 112,000 subscribers on YouTube, doesn't fairly represent how loyal and engaged her followers are, or indeed how much she cares about them and puts giving them accurate information first. What's undeniably true about Caroline is she is a big deal in the beauty industry and her presence and power isn't the kind of thing that's handed to you on a platter. If you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that in these conversations, I like to unpick what makes my guests tick. And with Caroline, what woke me up not 20 minutes ago was the fact I hadn't expressed in that original intro how she's achieved all these incredible things by being true to herself. As she has said previously, you can't put a price on your reputation. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's really easy to not say what you think or what you want for fear of upsetting someone else. I mean, seriously, hands up who hasn't asked a friend to help them word a tricky email or text. What I really admire about Caroline is that she's incredibly fair and she tells it to you straight. And that's why people respect her so much. 
and I think that might be just one of the reasons her following is so loyal. It's certainly the reason why I left her office strutting along the road like John Travolta at the end of Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Fever, feeling as though I could take over the world. She's a third generation skincare expert. She works with major global beauty brands, advises on product development, um, is involved in retail and even launched her debut product this year, the Caroline Hirons Double Cleanse of Pixie Beauty. She also saves lives, but you'll have to listen to the show to find out more about that. This is Caroline's first appearance on the podcast, but if you want her to come back to do a deeper drill down into skincare or you have any specific questions you'd like us to cover, then you're going to have to scream and shout over um, on social media. I'm Emma Guns, she's Caroline Hirons. You can email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. But if you are doing it over on social, then use the hashtag EGpodcast. I'm also going to take this opportunity in this introduction, I didn't do it last time, to flag up and direct you to Given Makeup. The link is in the show notes and will take you to the page on Caroline's website, carolinehirons.com, the non-profit initiative she started to get everyday essentials into the hands of the women and children who really need them. Just one more thing that speaks to her wonderful character. So as ever, all links to Caroline and anything we discuss will be available on the show notes on emmagunawardner.com. And before we get stuck into this episode, I'm recording my Ask Me Anything episode this week. So thank you for all the questions that have been coming into the mailbox. If you haven't emailed in, now is your last chance. So drop me an email at thebeautypodcast.gmail.com or tweet me at Emma Guns. And if you are enjoying the show, spread the word. Tell all your friends about me. And I would also be very grateful if you could leave a rating and review over on iTunes if that's where you're listening to this. For now, though... Please enjoy my chat with Caroline Hirons on the Emma G podcast. Let's get cracking. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Emma. We are in the hub, the Hirons hub. Oh, that's a nice way of calling it. It is, isn't it? We don't have Slayer playing. We have, put, we have turned down the rock music. You wouldn't be able to hear anything if we had Slayer playing. No. no. In fact, that brings us neatly into the first time that we hung out. Which was a Motley Crue concert. Which I think is perfect. The perfect meeting point for us. In fact, if it was a date, we'd totally be married by now. Yes. In fact, I'm a little bit annoyed that we haven't taken it to the next level. <laughs> um, I do remember, because Caroline, let's not beat around the bush, you're a big deal in the beauty industry. Don't be blushing oh, now. Oh, no. And I do remember being a bit like, oh, I'm going to go and see Motley Crue with Hirons. It's interesting. <laughs> and then... Oh, I have actually shared one of um, the highlights of my life with you, which is seeing Tommy Lee aerial drum. Tommy Lee aerial drum. And he didn't get stuck the night we went. He got stuck the night after. What would... Okay, what would you have done had he got stuck the night that we went? Probably pissed myself. (laughs) Probably just have been in hysterics, literally. But it's quite far into the concert that the roller coaster of aerial drumming occurs. And I remember, because it was quite a while in, I'd had a few wines. You had had a few wines. (laughs) And... I remember being aware, Caroline Hirons is next to me and she's a big deal. And then during the aerial drumming, <laughs> head banging and thinking, my hair's definitely flicking against Caroline Hirons. I wonder if she minds. But being so into the drum solo that I thought, do you know what? No, we were totally into it. Langers was also hanging. I know. It was. Happy days. Awesome. I know it's really bad for you, but I do like that buzzy feeling. Post-concert, we go, oh my God, I'm Yeah, and you can't hear anything, you're deaf, and 
and your ears buzz all the way home. Mm. It's beautiful. And we discovered that night that that was not the first time that we had been at Wembley Arena at together. the same time. We've been to many gigs together at the same time, separately. But it was in excess. In excess. It would have been 1984, surely? Or 1987? No, 1987. Oh. Yes, that makes more sense. Mm. A, a seven-year-old going to... 87 and 88. Supported by excess days. Big Pig. God, I remember Big Pig. I've got the ticket stub somewhere. I used to keep all my tickets up. It's probably at my mum's house. Do you... I love collectors. I love that sort of stuff. Because it's the stuff that when you're having a clear out, you yeah. bin because you think, oh, I'm never going to need that. And then one day you think. My, uh, my collection is quite tight now. I literally have kept like gig t-shirts, some gig t-shirts. I've got all my 80s gig t-shirts, all my Duran stuff I've kept. Mm-hmm. All my record vinyl collection I've kept. My husband's got his, I've got mine. So... I get quite excited thinking, oh, get the vinyl out. And I think, no, because those bastard kids will sell it or scratch it. Is there any cross-pollination between... Absolutely none. Mr. Hyrens no. and... Oh, no, absolutely none. <laughs> maybe, maybe Bruce Springsteen. Maybe Born in the USA. Because I think I got my mum's copy of that and he, he's a big Bruce fan. That's it. We bought no Bruce. mutual music together. And so is a good, is a good time in putting the vinyl on? No, we don't put it on. He does now. He's got he put a record deck next to the bed on his side of the bed, and I and he goes mental at me because he's a musician and he's all about the sound and he has like big amps and I literally play it through my tinny phone and I get just oh. as excited and he goes <laughs> mental. Like, why are you playing that on that crappy phone? Use the Bose. And I'm like, no, oh, I have to put Bluetooth on. He's a purist. He's a complete vinyl snob and purist. Not just a vinyl snob, just a music snob. He wants to hear it properly, or what's the point? Whereas I'll hear it on anything. You don't mind, just you hear that just bass hear line it and then I'm gone. under pressure and you're like, that's good enough. Yeah, that'll do. Um, what's his musical taste then? Um, if there's no... If, well, no, we're, we're actually completely together now, but he's very much sort of like grown-up rock music, like Gabriel Springsteen. You know, obviously he was a Led Zepp boy in the 70s, so... He's, he likes grown-up music that has something behind it, whereas I will happily sing Steel Panther in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Death to All But Metal is my sort of motorway anthem, really. Yeah. I um, went to a wedding a few years ago and I made a playlist for the journey. Past <laughs> Stonehenge. And I'm now, that's another thing. I make a playlist for every journey. Every journey's different. So if I'm going travelling on business, I make a new playlist. LA playlist, New York playlist. Uh, yeah, you have to have a right playlist. Okay, all right. You have to talk me through this. this I find this really fascinating. Because the wedding trip, I used it as an excuse to include Get in the Ring by Guns N' Roses. And then every time it came on, we'd just say that this, this one's for you, except your hip parader, circus oh magazine, God. and just reveled in the fact that I remembered it. How do you plan a playlist? Because whatever puts me in the mood for where I'm going to be. So LA is all sunshiny songs. New York is all sort of like Counting Crows and quite sort of much more sort of Greenwich Rock Villagey type thing. Oh, August and everything else. Obviously. Great Although album. I prefer Recovering the Satellites, thank you very much. Is that the one after Album that? number two. Right, yeah. Thank you. When he was with Courtney Cox. And, and Jennifer Aniston. Aniston, the dirty swine. Dirty swine. He is the least attractive, sexiest man I've ever seen. Like, he, he's really sexy, but he's so unattractive. What's he like called? Adam Adam Durrance. Adam Durrance. So he's not. You look at him and you think, okay, he needs a wash. Yeah, and like buy clothes that fit you. Stop biting your nails and dreadlocks at your age, really, <laughs> because he doesn't have dreadlocks. They're all. It's all just a weave. 
But then I, when you see on stage, I think, oh, hello. See, I had that about Chris Robinson with the Black Rose. No, he just needs a wash. (laughs) (laughs) I saw him, I saw him in concert, I must have been 12, and just was like, oh, something's happening. Mm -hmm. I thought that was okay. your sexual awakening? Well, no, Prince was. Oh, that's a good one. Prince was, but but when I saw Purple Rain in 1984, which I think is slightly appropriate given I was about seven, but I remember years later confessing to my mum, you know, the first time I ever sort of was attracted to a man was Prince. And my mum goes, you know why that is, don't you, Emma? And I went, no, why? Thinking that she was going to reveal something really significant. Because he's got rhythm. (laughs) There you go. My uh, sexual awakening was Michael Hutchins. Yes, and that is an awakening that happens how often? How often do you reckon you think about Michael? Oh, I try not to because it's too upsetting. Yeah. It's 20 years this year. I can't believe that. 20 years this year. I was completely in love with Michael Hutchins. Completely. How did you find out about Inexcess? Um... So I was a teenager up north and the music scene's just always been, I've just always been obsessed with music and went to the odd gig. But in those days you had to go and queue up at the venue for tickets. Mm. None of this, you know, Ticketmaster, via go-go crap. (laughs) Um, And I met some of my really good, still good friends at the front of queues for tickets, still. So... I went and my girlfriend and I, I, I can't even remember who I went with first, but I went to see in, in excess live and was totally hooked and then went every time they played up north and then when I moved to London, I went to every London gig. And then, you know the Live Baby Live or Live Baby Live mm. video? I was at that concert and I was... Did the camera go on to you? No, because I was at the very, very back of Wembley Stadium because I was about to give birth to my first son. And so was my girlfriend Cheryl, who was about to give birth to her first son, and our girlfriend Heather, who just got hammered on our behalf. Um, and it was the best. I like Heather. Yeah, because it they were supported by Jellyfish. Remember oh Jellyfish? Gosh. Jellyfish rocked. The biggest band that never were. Mm. Um, and Debbie Harry, Blondie, and Jesus Jones. And it was just a rocking good time. My husband, it wasn't my husband at the time, it was my boyfriend at the time, my partner. And... Um, he, uh, he was like, you're not going to an NXS gig. Look at the size of you. You're going to get... And I was like, it'd be fine. We'll just sit at the back. Obviously, we danced through the whole thing. So how neither was it gave birth, I do not know. But I bought the DVD and the video in every format I could get it and gave it to my son and said, you were there. Aww. <laughs> you were there. Happy christening. And then he <laughs> hung himself, the idiot. Yes. Like, did you not think about my feelings in this whole situation? No, it was a selfish act, yeah. And I was heartbroken, and then it was obviously in the days well before Sky and all that sort of stuff, and I remember waking up and thinking, oh, God, it was the funeral today, and the funeral was on GMTV, as it was, and I cried the whole time. Not long before his passing, he had to uh, go to court because he had had a scuffle, shall we say, with a paparazzo. Dave. He's in Kent. Yeah. And he actually had to go to court in the same town where I was born. And I felt a connection with Michael that day. There you go. Municipal building. Hey, we'll take what we can get. We really will. I, that was... But did you ever go backstage, she says, knowing sort of the answer to this question? At an NXS gig, no. But I went to an after-show party. Oh. Because by this time I was working in London in HMV. And in those days we used to get gig tickets for free. They'd just <laughs> pin them up on the pin board and whoever got there first would get them. And then... <laughs> And so I basically, when it was your band, people knew. They would just be like, well, Caroline's going to want it in excess. Mm. 
and I was just the rep would come in from the record company and I'd go I have to get to this after show party you don't understand like I have to just see him in the flesh I won't do anything I won't embarrass myself I just want to look at him or him <laughs> you know <laughs> and um, and then I got after show tickets and here's the best bit here's the kicker my girlfriend Cheryl same gig friend my girlfriend Cheryl and I who had had her son who had also been pregnant we walk into the NXS after show party and who is the first person that I see Simon Le Bon no <laughs> how could you cope with that emotion I, I danced with Simon Le Bon that evening I danced with him yes Yazza's wasn't there oh and he was very flirtatious but only in the way that Simon Le Bon is very always flirtatious <laughs> um, and uh, have you I, met him more than that Cause yes the... met him a few times and I think each time I meet him he looks at me as if she goes you know, it's that stalker psycho. <laughs> security, security. I uh, was Just working. Remind him that you've bought many of his albums and that he lives in a place. I paid for that shoelace on your foot. Yeah, exactly. I um, the first time I saw him in the flesh, as in person to person, I was working on the Evader counter in Harvey Nichols, and I heard a voice. And when you're a Durrani, you know the voice. <laughs> and then I heard Yasmin's voice, because if you know them well enough, obviously you know Yasmin's voice. And I heard Yasmin bollock him the way a wife bollocks her husband. And I thought, oh my god. Oh my god, Simon and Yasmin Bonner on my counter, on my counter, and I went around the corner and she was basically chastising him because he'd let their little girl run off. <laughs> uh, a little girl who's now the supermodel. N- no, it wasn't Amber. I think it might have been Saffron. Oh. But anyway, and I was just trying to stay really calm and cool because I was the manager and I was trying to be like, oh, can I help you? But secretly going, I have loved you since I was 13 years old. You don't understand. But it was fine. I behaved. How do you suppress that? You suppress it and then you call Heather, who is your Duran best mate, and go, Oh my God, I just said so many asthma. You went. She was like, tell me everything. Tell me everything immediately. So, um... Well, how did he smell like? Was that one of the questions? Because I think that's a sign of a real true fan. It's like, how did he smell? Well, weirdly, I didn't get close enough to smell him in respect of his wife. Yes. Let's be fair, I'm not that kind of woman. No. Um... But he, at the time, I remember him telling me that he used equipoise of Ada, which is the number three chakra, which has always stuck with me. Oh, solar plexus. Yeah. And I was thinking, I wanted to say to him, Mom, did you get bloated? But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you've always wondered. I've always wondered. You've yes. always wondered mm. if he suffers. Oh, Simon, is it IBS? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Simon, if you're listening to this. Which I'm sure he will be. Yeah, obviously. obviously. Number one lifestyle podcast in the world. <laughs> So much for the skincare. No, well, exactly. Well, no, I'm fascinated to talk to you about rock music because I think it was interesting. There was something on Facebook recently where people had to, not had to, mm. it was voluntary, yeah. say what the most influential top ten albums oh, were. Oh, that's see, That is my bag. I love anything like that. I'm terrible. Anything like that. But what I thought was really interesting is that you, me, I know Sam Chapman, Sam Chapman. definitely all proper rock chicks yeah proper rock chicks who know all the words to every of... single rock song probably ever made so I want to ask you this question do you feel that people who are at core a rock chick are better are better than Just everyone everyone else I said, well that's a very leading question you said slightly <laughs> um, I, do we have better taste might be a nice way of saying it I, I, do you know what I think it is? I do, I do think that a lot of my friends who have that kind of rock music thing tend to be a little bit younger, not younger at heart, but a little bit more... Out there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a certain, I think there's definitely a certain freedom to rock music if mm. I want to get, you know, if you want to get all sort of thinking about it. But <laughs> I, uh, there is certainly, like, when, I was go- when I've been going through... I prefer music to skincare, put it that way. I mean, for me, it literally goes family... Exclusive. Yeah, yeah. family, music, food, skincare. Oh. So, 
and in a, oh, oh, I'm getting telly. Oh, telly, SVU. Family, music, telly, food, skincare. What's SVU? Special Victims Unit. What's wrong with you? Law and order. Oh, See? That's quite thinky, though. Well, anyway. Okay. But yeah, telly. So five things. We're a very media-driven family. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids, we all talk in movie phrases. We all have family movies, you know. There's sort of... Max's nickname is Riggs, because... Which lethal weapon, you know. Riggs! Hey, Riggs! And now it's even when he walks in the house, Jim and I both go, Riggs! What's so his real name? Max. Max. <laughs> Do you not see the connection? So I don't... Mad? Yeah, literally. So um, we, we're, just, we're just thinking musical terms. So music, for me, is a complete release and my happy place. And that's why I have a playlist for everything. I have a playlist for chill, which means office work. Mm-hmm. I have a playlist for... Um, I, I have one playlist called Loud, which I use a lot. I, luckily, you can tell that I've moved on in the business world because when I was in corporate and I had to work for certain people, I would play that playlist all the time, and it was basically like trash metal to try and get my head into a, just to get it out in my headphones, and then I could not punch people in the face when I went into the office. And it was never my colleagues; it was always the bosses. Of course, yes, but we've all been there, and everyone who says they don't is lying. Hmm. So, yeah, I have, like, a loud playlist. You know, it's like things like Rage Against the Machine and Limp Biscuit, like, one or two Limp Biscuit songs, the rest of it, no. Um, Paradise City, obviously. It anything that... Makes me want to whistle. Yeah. Anything that brings you to a hefty drum solo climax or something is, like, okay with me. That's why I really like... Um, <laughs> I really like... It's a slow song, but I love Everlong by the Foo Fighters because no. I just really tune into the drums yeah see drums are the most underrated air instrument I think yes I am not an air guitarist I'm an air drummer yes and I'm, I'm a very good air drummer I'm, I'm very a very precise. good air drummer I will take you on and I will see you at karaoke for an air drumming session <laughs> listeners I've got that on tape <laughs> that is now happening that's going to be my 40th birthday later this year oh my god how much fun would that be do you know what I think the most air instrumented song in the world should be and isn't Van Halen's drum jump. Every single instrument has its own intro, has its own backbeat, has its own. It's the perfect, and you can obviously shove it in there at some point. But I would go and watch jump now because why wouldn't you for the rock? <laughs> but it's the most, and when it's on, I cannot drive the car. I have to like forward it because I just can't help but play Eddie Van Halen's like synth and everything. I can't <laughs> just get very carried the away. Car over the get road. very carried away. Oh, Van Halen, those were the days. Say we've talked nothing about skincare. No, it's fine. That out. It's fine. No, I, well, I, I'm going to bring it back to skincare for a moment because <laughs> I was at Pixie the other night when you, not necessarily launched, but you definitely showed off a slight preview to yeah. double cleanse. And what I loved most about it was in your description of the double cleanser, which I'm sure <laughs> listeners of this podcast will know, but it's a two-phase cleanser, balm and creme. Mm. Um, I've used it, I've been using it since that launch I really enjoy it. Thanks. Uh, but you described the balm phase <laughs> as Slayer, essentially. Yeah. Just Amanda annihilates. Amanda asked me when we were filming the promo for it, if your cleanser was a rock band, what would it be? Because she also knows me very well and is also a music head. Mm-hmm. If your cleanser was a rock band, what would it be? And I just went, Slayer! Which made us both laugh a lot. And that's why I brought it up again, because it's... That kind of says it all in one go, really. It is accurate, though. Yeah. Stage one is Slayer. But I love that that was after the creation of the product. Not, yeah. I want this cleanser going to the lab Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Although it does lead me to, like, what else could we do named after rock bands? 
That's for, what would the In Excess Beauty product be? Oh, I can't. It's too depressing for me. No, I okay, can't do it. Fine. What would the Duran 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 Beauty? <gasps> Duran Duran Duran. Some kind of some kind of glow, something glowy for the Rio sex video, glow. probably something basically a sex glow. Yeah. Mm. Postcoital, glowing <laughs> face product. <laughs> Although weirdly, you know, he. There's a world of difference between Simon Le Bon and Michael Hutchins because Simon Le Bon was just my first crush. Mm. I never, ever thought of him in a sexual way, ever. Michael Hutchins was like, oh, hello. Oh. Oh, so you wanted to fall asleep with Simon yes, Le Bon. Yes, or be married to him because yeah. I didn't know what... They, <laughs> That's sexless. Yeah, sexless. No, because being married didn't mean sex. It's like marry shag, push off a cliff. Right. Simon Le Bon would be married, Michael Hutchins would be shag. Oh, I see. That's no, the I do understand that. Yeah. I, I wanted Steven Tyler to hold me. I love Steven Tyler. No, he would be in my very definite shag pile. I accidentally stopped like to apologise to Mr Hirons for this entire conversation, obviously. Sorry. Sorry, Hypothetically sorry. speaking, were I a very young single person and not in a very respectable marriage. Exactly. I went to New Hampshire where Steven Tyler, Steven Tyrico was born and um, sort of stalked him before stalking was a thing. Before people made it, you know, taboo. Before stalking was a thing. That should be the title of this podcast. <laughs> I've just got pictures of his lake house, which he's now done a whole thing with Oprah, so everyone knows, like, this beautiful red house. But I had, like, you know, I took pictures on roll that I then went to Boots and got to I love him. Also a brilliant, just going back to the music, a brilliant frontman, a brilliant showman. That was the first gig Jim and I went to together, Aerosmith at Hampton. Pump. Hamsworth Apollo. No, would it have been pre-pump? No, it was pre-pump. It, no, it was. It was pump. It was Love in an Elevator time. No. No, it can't have been. It must have that been. That was my first Aerosmith gig. Oh. So it would have been pre-pump. Permanent Vacation. Yes. It would have been in between Permanent Vacation and Pump. Bloody hell. Now that is some classic rock album tree there. Dude looks like an lady. <laughs> and then I got... Well, I got into... I don't know if you would have done really loved um, what's the name of that film where that was in the soundtrack Dazed and Confused and I was like yes that's exactly how I should like to see I like that your reference for Dude Looks Like Lady is Dazed and Confused mine is Mrs Doubtfire (laughs) (laughs) well actually it was Sweet Emotion that was used in Dazed and Confused but I just wanted to be a hippie like Millie Jovovich and just sort of be really cool and smoke weed and I wanted Matthew McConaughey to crack on to me because that's speaking of weed (laughs) yeah and bongos I remember writing some copy for a magazine once and having to talk about Matthew McConaughey and calling him and actually writing Matthew McConaughey, hey, hey. Yeah, that's his name, Matthew McConaughey. But apparently it's Matthew McConaughey, which doesn't work for the guy. doesn't work for me, I'm sorry. Matthew McConaughey. Hey, all right. So, Double Cleanse was your first foray into actually making your own skincare, but you are the skincare queen. Thanks. People call you that all the time. Some people do. I'm sure some people think quite the opposite, but that's okay. What's the opposite of a skincare? Bint. <laughs> Doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> but I think that's the point, is that you do know what you're talking about. And you have become this unbelievable unbelievable resource. And people look at you getting all coy. People love the bones of you. And let's... Okay, I'm going to embarrass you now. But you travel the world and people will stop you and are like... You're Caroline Hirons, aren't you? Yeah. Did you take me right back to the beginning when you first started publishing stuff online? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that you thought that that would, God no, potentially be the future. God, no. What was the first? Do you remember the first blog post or the thing? Yeah, it's still I'm, one of my most popular ones. How to do a cleansing massage. 
and I threw the I made my son hold the camera while I basically put my hands on my face in these weird contorted positions and part of me when I just rejigged the website I uh, deleted a lot of old posts which some people think is sacrilege but I wanted good riddance to bad rubbish mm -hmm. I know it sounds bad but you know when you're like either the post didn't sit right at the time or it was what I would call fluff and mm -hmm. I just I'm in a fluff free zone at the moment I just want oh, it done I'd noticed yeah. your most I, recent just, Facebook post. I just want it done so I um, I deleted not loads but just like bits and pieces you know and that one I thought I can't delete that that was the first post and it still gets good traffic <laughs> you know so no I had no idea who knew you can't go into these things surely you can't go into these things expecting them to be anything more than just you putting your words on screen well it's like JK Rowling didn't write Harry Potter thinking I will become a billionaire off the back of this I think that's the only time in my life I'll ever be in the same sentence as J.K. Rowling, but I'll accept it <laughs> in terms of the comparison. That, of... And, that and people who own Piers Morgan on Twitter, that could potentially She is a queen. Oh, she I is a queen. That. She has a very special place in my heart. She's the queen. And I don't read Harry Potter. I've never got into it. But for her as a woman mm. and a businesswoman and just a business person and an all-round good egg, what a person. Mm. You know, anyway. That's a good example. But that could be. I mean, I'm sure you'll take Piers down one day. I'll just probably just punch him in the face. She's much more pleasant than I am. <laughs> poor Piers. No, not poor Piers. He's a wanker. Come on. No, yeah, of course. But you just think, surely he's lost... He's taken leave of his senses. I don't think he has. I think he just hasn't... I just think he thinks he's it. Mm. And his mother never told him that he wasn't. He's like Generation Y. Oh, he's just... Let's not digress into Let's him. not digress into that. So, you, you started doing these blog posts, but... You had been retail for a long time. Yeah. And you're qualified. Yeah. So, what was the, was it the was it the fact that there were other people creating websites? What was it that made you think, right? No, I definitely have to start putting this down. Because um, I was trying to explain to people on Twitter how to cleanse. And you needed more than 140 and I characters. More than 140 characters, and that was basically it. And so did you already have quite a substantial Twitter following by the no, time you started? No, in the early days of Twitter, it was just, it was very insular in terms of we all followed the old famous person and each other. You know, it was like makeup artist people. I think I ended up, I started by following a makeup artist that I'd worked with in Space NK years ago. She had a small blog and then it kind of went from there at the time. There was only about 20 or so in sort of central London bloggers mm. and Rowena, Cosmetic Candy up north, bless her, who's still flying the flag. Um, <laughs> there was only really, there was a, such a small group and I found a picture the other day at a launch where we're all there and some of us are still going and some of us, I'm still friends with everyone, but some of them have, one's gone off to become a doctor, one sort of doesn't blog anymore, but we're all friends on Facebook, so it's been really nice. But in the early days, there was, you could, there was a handful of bloggers. Did you feel like, not that you were new romantics, that just went through my head, did you feel like you were a new wave? Like, did you know when you were doing it that you were onto something? No. No, I... And it, it just felt like something new to have a go at, really. You know, it just felt like something that... Because I had written training manuals for years mm. beforehand. I wrote Liz Earle's customer service training manual. I wrote device treatments for Liz Earle and Shantakai and all these brands so I was used to writing training manuals and the phrase double cleanse came from me making shorthand notes for my therapists so the first stage is double cleanse because that tells any qualified therapist exactly what you need to do mm. right so it's a, it's a double cleanse and that generally means you wash the face twice 
and invariably the second product is something different to the first product. So it's old school lingo. Mm. You know, when I see brands now trying to claim double cleanse and say that they've... I'm like, you've never talked about double cleanse. <laughs> Shut your face. You know, and I don't mind because to me it's all about helping people get healthier skin. Mm. But that's where the phrase came from. My shorthand therapist notes where we would handwrite notes and it would say, right, double cleanse. You know, and it would be, how do we start this treatment? Well, you double cleanse. And you know, this is all always after things like skin analysis and a consultation and blah, blah, blah. But, um, and that's where the name came from. And so for listeners who, who aren't aware of this, you wrote the little um, customer service manual. Mm-hmm. As you, part of my job, I was like, I think it was UK retail sales manager or something. You worked on counter for years. You yeah. have created products even before carolinehirons.com. Yeah, been I mean, I've been, involved, I've been involved in helping brands develop their products. So I've always been, but, you know, nicely and quietly behind the scenes. Mm. And certainly a few of Chantecaille's products wouldn't have come to the market if it wasn't for us, my, me and my therapist at the time, Lisa, who I'm still friends with, doing treatments and saying, right, we have to make our own clay mask, Sylvie, we need a clay mask. Mm-hmm. Okay, darling, I will make you a clay mask, you know. <laughs> um, or we need this, or we need this, and we, we, we're making up our own products doing this, and we're using the hydrofluorals, can you do some kind of, you know, spritzy, watery type situation? You know, so lots of products with brands I used to work for came from what we were doing in the treatment rooms which was nice because it just sort of happens organically mm. and so your intel was very much from being there doing and working with products yeah and then from customer feedback or well now it's reader <clears throat> feedback you know I've got nearly the blog is seven years old in April so I've got seven years of market research at my fingertips wowzers you know and the only person who knows every single comment that's come through is me so it's kind of, you know, it's a, uh, it, I, I know exactly who my reader is, what they want, what they don't want, what they will read and what they won't read and what they're interested in and what they're not interested in. But I can't say that across the industry, that's just my readers, mm. you know. Um, and it's a, it's a lovely place to be in, it's a lovely relationship, you know. Have you given your um, ideal reader a name? No. <laughs> you haven't done any of that? No, no, they're just, you lot. You yeah. and you have people who are evangelical. Yeah, but as um, comes with being on the internet, you're going to get some good and you're going to get some bad. So, how do you deal with trolling? Don't get as much anymore. I did for a, a heavy, horrible period early last year, um, to the point where I had to get lawyers involved and Twitter involved and all that sort of stuff. But. That's when you know it's where people are mentally unstable, and so it makes it easier <laughs> mm. because you, you know, constructive criticism is one thing, but saying that you murdered your baby by using a retinoid cream is another. So that's messed up. That's kind of messed up. And when you, when you get to that point, you think, oh, okay, so you're unbalanced, <laughs> and I need to bring in some uh, professional help, you yes. know, to protect sort of my, more, to be honest, more my kids. Yeah. I know it sounds strange, but, you know, just in terms of making sure that they are wise to what's happening mm-hmm. and you know when it's strange because I do that for younger kids the older boys my eldest son is just like oh mum it's good they bring good they bring more hits <laughs> I'm like uh, no son actually it's not good when you wake up and there's this vitriolic abuse you know but and I certainly don't want to dwell on it because it was a period that almost made me stop and just go back to working in the industry just like why would anyone subject themselves to that mm-hmm. willingly so I have I don't know how, in a weird way, I don't know how the younger YouTubers who get it on a much bigger scale than I do, you know, they've got a much bigger viewership, a much yeah. bigger readership, they're much more well-known, 
but they're 20, 25 years younger than me. How do they cope with that? I mean, I've got a husband who would just go, oh, ignore them, they're dickheads. Mm. You know, I can afford to phone a good lawyer, you know, and I'm kind of, I know who I am, but I wonder if you're in your mid-20s how difficult it is to navigate that when it's happening to you if you don't have a good infrastructure and support system. I think it must be absolutely it must be awful. horrifying. It must be awful. Horrifying. Yeah. Um, and actually, I did. I was going to mention about breaks from social. You didn't ever... Did you ever take a break from social media? No. No, because I do notice that every now and again there are people who say, I'm just going to take a bit of a break. So there are people who almost like do a detox. Yeah, I can't do a detox. No. I'm completely addicted to my phone. <laughs> I have no interest in not being. You know, I love my job. My job is my work, is my life. Mm. So I have the family side and then I have my life and my life is my work. Mm. So I'm always doing it. When we go on holiday, I will plan in blog posts, but I'm always checking, always on Twitter and... Well, not so much Twitter, Instagram. I love Instagram. Twitter Mm. kind of never became the same for me after the whole trolling thing because they weren't very good at dealing with it. So I'm on there because I do like... I do like it for sort of current affairs and watching J.K. Rowling take down Piers Morgan. It's beautiful. But I engage much more on Instagram. And your Instagram stories, I've said this to you before, but I will continue to say it. I find them so watchable. <laughs> and I love your rants. I like, I like a good rant. I always like to think, don't waste a good rant. I don't rant for no purpose. There's always a purpose behind the rant. There's always a reason for, you know, just brazen incompetence usually. Well, it's the fact that you um, say it how it is. Yeah. And you've never compromised on that. But you are very fair. Yeah. But that was what was kind of unique about your voice when the that group of you started with the blogging, wasn't it? Yeah. It was you absolutely told it like it is. It wasn't like the magazine voice that was just plinky plonky. No, there was d- in, you know, it depends on there's a few of us that tell it like it is. Jane, British Beauty Blogger, has mm. always been the same from day one. Hayley, London Beauty Queen, has always told it like it is. Louise from Get Lippy always told it like it is. And then you kind of filter through to the sort of I think what happened was we we had our voice and then younger, prettier, skinnier, wealthier, blonder people came along <laughs> and they're still there. You mean our living nightmares? Who, who, who didn't want to say anything negative, who looked much better in pictures when they were holding up a big fancy handbag and that's kind of become the new thing now. So I've always just, I, there's no way, I don't want, not only do I, can I not compete with that, I don't want to compete mm-hmm. with that. I would not be in my 20s again if you paid me. No thank you, sorry, Bob. Like, no way, no Jose. I might have the same body. <laughs> I might, you know, I would like quite like my 26-year-old body. But other than that, no thank you. Absolutely not. I am extremely happy where I am. So because I think I never fell into the trap, neither did Jane mm. in terms of that, of falling into the trap of trying to compete on a level that you will never compete mm. on, put your head down and do what you can do, which is to be qualified, to have an opinion, to focus on skincare, which just happened naturally. I didn't think, oh, I'll only focus on skincare. It's just that that's what I'm passionate about. Right. So, and that's why we kind of, when you shake the sieve, as it were, we're still there. Yeah. You know, um, because I think if you, the one thing we are is authentic. And when you become, I'm going to say a very Oprah term, but when you become your inauthentic self, it's clear to everyone that you're pretending. Mm. And, um, you know, the biggest, the saddest part of it all for me is that People say my success is built on the two phrases I'm not a fan of. One is, oh, she doesn't care. As in, you don't care about people's opinion of you, so you will say it as it is. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I care a great deal. That's why I'm so honest. Mm. But I'm never mean. You know, I'm never hypercritical for the sake of being hypercritical. Mm -hmm. I think I've done two disappointing product videos in my entire career. 
because it goes against my nature to go on camera and go, this didn't work. Mm. Which sounds weird because I can say it in a blog, but it just seems much more personal when you're on a video sort of saying, you know, this didn't work. But And that was because, you know, I it's easy for me to say what does work. Mm. So that was a learning curve, sort of recognising that readers definitely do want, and viewers want to see what didn't work for me and why, because it might not work for them and it might be saving them money. But there's a fine line between doing it and doing it for hits, which is just negative. Negative blogging yeah. gets you a lot of traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and I, it's easy to fall into that trap too, mm. you know, just... So when people say, oh, she's having a rant or blah, 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 actually all I'm doing is saying what most people want to say but for some reason they don't have the same platform or voice that mm. I do. So, you know, it's it, weirdly, my husband always said, well, thank God you found a way to make a living out of being a gobby, was his word, <laughs> but opinionated and obstinate because it doesn't work in the corporate world. You know, I'm not right. about to get a job at ELC. <laughs> so I have the greatest respect for people who do, mm. but it... I just I just find it sad that especially as women, and I don't want to get sexist about it, but especially as women, we are routinely allowed to lose our voice. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the worst for me is sort of the fact that, I mean, I did a blog post on it ages ago saying, why is it always that when people talk about me, they say, oh, she's so opinionated? I'm not opinionated. I have opinions. We all have mm-hmm. opinions. It's just that some of us voice them and some of us don't. That's the only difference. It's true, isn't it? But I'm sure if a bloke was doing it, they wouldn't be called. You don't he'd, really hear he'd, he'd, he'd be a respected critic. He'd be a respected so critic. He'd be so knowledgeable in his field. <laughs> Do you find that if you came away from corporate, which is which does tend to even in beauty, even though it's obviously mainly for females, there's a lot of men at the top. Did you feel like it was a very um, suffocated? Yeah. Controlling. Hate it. I mean, I said to my husband, if it never works out, I will literally go and work in a supermarket and stack bananas because I would want... That's tricky because they don't fall into formation. Yeah, but I've got... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. OCD, so it'd be fine. Um, <laughs> but I... I could not, I cannot deal with the formulaic industry of, sorry, that's my next one, it being nosy. Now you see why I play Sayer a lot? Yeah, you should play Sayer. <laughs> um, I, I just can't handle the, like appraisals to me is the worst word on earth. Who has time to sit down, write four pages about what they think about themselves they need to improve and give it to someone they probably don't respect mm-hmm. to hear them tell them what they don't like about them too? They were never a positive experience for me. I would rather have people working for me who you talk to them day to day to day and work for people, you know, Mm -hmm. clients. The reason I'm good as a consultant is because I tell my clients what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. But that does not work in corporate. You have to toe the line. Yes. Whereas, you know, I can say to a client, I mean, I have saved brands I work with thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of pounds by simply saying the truth Mm -hmm. in terms of I had one very well-known brand who gave me a sample of a product and said, we think this is going to be amazing, what do you think? Let us know, use it, here's a lab sample. I took it home, I used it, and I thought, this is absolutely nothing. This is like aqueous cream. It's doing nothing. And so I 
went to the brand thought maybe they never mention it again I won't have to say I didn't like it <laughs> maybe they'll hopefully and they went right we're really interested in your feedback what do you think of XYZ product and I said can I be completely honest and they were saying yes and they looked all baffled and I said it was a bit like aqueous cream it did nothing for me I know you're saying it's anti-aging and you're saying it's this that and the other but I have no evidence of that either on my skin or on where I normally test on my hand like nothing yeah. and they said interesting give us a sample back so I gave them the sample back long story short I didn't think anything else of it I thought oh god I'm never going to they're never going to ask me again they're never going to use me for anything again and a month or so later it transpired that they had fired their lab fired their chemist the lab had been ripping them off and telling them that all of this anti-aging stuff was in this product charging them a fortune for it and it wasn't was it aqueous cream and it was like an aqueous cream so if I had and I was the only person they'd given it to for a testing that had given them that feedback everyone said it was amazing and so if they had gone ahead with it, they would have wasted their money, you know. And Jeez Louise. Yeah, whereas I said, oh, I'm really, really sorry, but it didn't do anything for me, and I don't think it's up to your usual standard. That simple, just simple feedback. Mm. But, you know, I think in corporate, I totally lost my voice. Totally mm. lost my voice, yeah. I think it's interesting, because I think what you say is absolutely true. Sometimes you have to tell brands what they don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And if and it totally depends on the rece- on the person receiving it, yeah, and what their ego is yeah, doing. You can say to them, you can either listen to me or you can't. You mm. know, it's totally your call. I can only do my job, which is what you're paying me for, which is to tell you what I think you need to hear, feedback wise. Mm. And that's it's nice though because you, I find with me, I become a really nice middle ground for the staff and for the management. So people who are lower feel like they can trust you because you have their interests at heart. Because mm. no one can tell me what it's like to be on the shop floor. I did it. It's my thirty second year in retail this year. You know. So, wow, 33rd, 33rd year in retail. I got my first job on my mum's uh, shop when I was 15. What shop was it? It was a clothes shop up north. And my mum was, my, my mum had a really strong work ethic, my dad had a really strong work ethic, so I wasn't mollycoddled, I was the Saturday girl, I had to take out all the rubbish, it was totally like I was one of the staff. I had to call her Kathy on the shop floor, not mum. You know, so I kind of had that instilled with me from a young age, and... And I sort of still have that, you know, the, the importance of the customer experience. That's why I'm so shit hot on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like being in the position I'm in, which is the safe place for everyone. You know, a brand can say, we're having a really hard time with X, Y, Z. What's your advice? And I would say, well, they also feel that this isn't perhaps being handled the best way. So, you know, it's all encompassing, really. It's a nice position to fill, but it's also potentially uncomfortable at times. Because it's a bit middle manny, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It's, it, well, it's not middle manny. It's sort of like... I, I, I like to think of it as being like a brand's right hand. Mm-hmm. You know, so they can sort of call me, contact me and say, this has happened, it's a nightmare, what do we do? Well, do this and don't do that. For God's sake, don't do that. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, and a lot of the times I, I'm a firefighter. So if I see things, for example, on Twitter or Instagram going down... Mm. I will, I don't, it's not the sort of situation where you would email corporate and flag it up with customer services. I will phone the owner of the company and say, you have to sort this out on Instagram now. Right. This is going down, it's going to be damaging. Get in there, apologise, send them an app, you know, blah, 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 blah. So in that way, it's good. I think in that way, it's, you make yourself an asset, you know. Mm. If you felt like you can be suffocated and you can lose your voice in corporate, what did it feel like when you realised that your voice was being, not only being listened to, but really being heard? Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. It's the best thing in the world. It's sort of, uh, 
because it helps you with your own self-esteem. I mean, you can't do this job and have low self-esteem anyway. Mm. You have to have confidence in your abilities, which I do. You know, my skill base is knowing what I'm really good at and also being very open about what I'm not very good at. The first thing I did when I started my own business was hire an accountant. God knows I do not want to be doing tax returns. Not my forte, you know. My first, my first bill was to pay an accountant before I'd even sent an invoice because I knew from day one it would not be a strength of mine. Right. So I always, and I always say to brands, I can do this for you. I can't do that for you. That's not my forte. You need to get someone else, you know. And I think if, if you, in a weird way, dealing with brands is like dealing with children because if you tell them exactly where you stand, they respect you for it, they listen to you, and they trust you. Right. It's easy in that way you know but also brands don't get to where they are by not having a good bullshit detector like kids mm. so if you're faking <laughs> it you're going to get caught out that's very true very very on true both, on both accounts yes um, when did you realise that you had a certain amount of power because you have the ability to sell product you put a blog post up and say you like something mm. and you know that that brand is going to be suddenly have a surge in demand. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when that first happened? Like the hiring's the, effect just first got fed back to you? Oh, the, the, the effect on product has been going on for a few years. Glow Tonic is the most obvious. Mm. Glow Tonic, there are, there are products now that are synonymous with the blog. I mean, for me, I would say Pixie Glow Tonic, because I need to take the day off balm, oh, yeah. Emma Hardy, Moringa Balm, all those products got a huge boost of traffic from my readers. Um, but in terms of sort of respect-wise, things, things that make other people in the industry sit up and take notice are things like when Clinique give you a statement that's just for your readers. Mm. You know, when Take the Day Off Balm, where there was a rumour they were discontinuing it. And uh, I, I didn't hear people on Twitter were telling me that they kept going into counters and the Clinique girls would say, oh no, it must be being discontinued because we never have it in stock. They didn't know why it wasn't in stock. It wasn't in stock because readers were buying it. <laughs> So there was that disconnect. So I sort of contacted Clinique and just called the PR office and said, are you discontinuing Take the Day Off Balm? Because if you are, I'm going to do my nut. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, no, absolutely not. It's, we're just blah, blah, blah. And they gave me a statement. And that made even people in the Lauder companies go, oh. But that, that was a sort of nice little mm. point of, you know, sort of respect, I suppose. And then I guess but I don't see it as respect to me. I see it to respect to my readership. Right. You know, my readers, it's not an ego thing for me at all. It's that I almost see myself as standing in front, like like a Pat Benatar video. I'm at the front, but all my girls are behind me. And I'm literally, let's bring it back, shall we, to love is a battlefield. Oh, God, <laughs> I want to do the dance now, yeah. Caroline. I'm trying to do a serious podcast. <laughs> we can do it without them seeing it. Um, and, I, and I see it as I'm speaking for them. And I think that's the difference. I've always tried to speak to my readers as if they were my mates. Mm. Occasionally a mum. Like, don't be an idiot. Don't put that on your face. But more often, but not in a patronising, condescending manner, because I would never read that. Yes. Ah, now this is interesting. Did you, when you first started writing the blog, I know that you, you were telling people, people were asking you on Twitter how to do cleansing, and you needed more than 140 characters, but ultimately did you write it for you, in the sense of, well, I would read that. I know that that's got good content, therefore I will publish. Um, I didn't put that much thought into it, as you can tell by a lot of the earlier posts. <laughs> I'd like to say there was some grand plan, but it just sort of came out. 
I'd go, oh, that's a nice bar of soap. I'll put that on the blog. <laughs> that's Aww. pretty. It just, it was all, at the beginning, it was going to be a photo album. Ironically, for a blog that is not known for having good photography, photography is my passion. But I never have the time to take the photographs. So then I, I, you have to make a choice. You know, it was a battle of wills. Okay, do you spend four hours trying to get a perfect picture and edit it? Mm-hmm. Or do you use a stock photograph and spend 20 minutes doing a detailed questionnaire and then another few hours filling that in so that the reader has the reader knows what it looks like? Mm-hmm. Whether you put a marble background on it and a dictate candle next to it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The reader knows what the product looks like. They don't give yes. a shit. They, nobody cares. They <laughs> want to read what you have to say about the product. And as soon as I made that connection, I was free. It was like, okay, don't worry about fucking photographs. Mm. Literally put the info in. And that's when the reviews became. And the, the more that... Every time I have an epiphany, I get more readers. So the more I made the reviews detailed with certain questions and engaged my readers and said, what else do you want me to ask of this product? I would, they would help me. They would just say on Twitter, I want to know if, it, if it's good for me. Does it have flashback if I've got dark skin? I want to know, um, does it have, is it vegan? I mean, all of that came from readers. In the beginning, I was like, I really like this cleanser. It's nice. <laughs> and then it, now we're down to the nth detail. Because in some of the reviews, it's like vegan, yes, animal testing. You know, it, it's literally... Mm-hmm. As much as it can be, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I basically adapted it to suit the reader. So I do feel like they feel they're invested in me. Mm. And I never, ever, ever take that for granted. And that, I think, is the key to the success of the blog. How much... Do, you must get mail. You must get a lot of mail. Um, do you try and get back to as much as you can? Oh, you mean in terms of readers? Mm. I thought you meant packages. I was going to be like, please kill me now. Oh, no, I'm in your office. I see your mail situation. <laughs> um, yeah, what I tend to do is I keep them to certain areas. So I never check private messages on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Noted. Um, you're different. You've got my text number. Um <laughs> I unless I've already accepted them in which case I'll see them but all it all it does is it says 99 plus okay. because when you go over a certain point yeah. it just tells you that basically there's a lot right I just I, I would be, be going down a rabbit hole I'd never get my way out right. so I I mean I'm behind actually I need to focus on YouTube comments so I try and answer like the top 20 or 25 comments on YouTube and a lot of the time that will answer most people's questions right um, Instagram's a good place to get me because if I'm lying in bed and I'm scanning and a question comes through and I can answer it, I'll answer it. And the great thing about Instagram is all of the questions are relevant. I mean, obviously, my people will just ask a question anywhere. I could put a picture up of a cat and they'll be asking me about SPF. But, uh, but in general, most of the pictures on, under Instagram are relevant to the picture. So mm. it's a whole story for people, literally. Mm. Um, so I, I invest a lot of time in Instagram, and since I did that, my readership's really grown. But I didn't do it for that reason. I think mm. if you go into it with an aim of, I want a big readership, I want to be a massive YouTuber, I want to be famous, I don't, the last thing on earth, I could not think of anything worse than being famous. No thank you very much. No thank you. The level I'm at now is very nice. I get recognised the odd point in toilets. <laughs> do you think this is blackhead? I'm like, yes, but can I wash my hands first? <laughs> Um, you know, that doesn't mean I'm about to squeeze it for I, you. I have no interest in being at the level some of the other younger big YouTubers are at. Why? So you wouldn't become the face of a brand's foundation or something? No, I do my own brand. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> or bring out your own range of lashes or any of that stuff. No, but I think if that's for that for that YouTuber, if that is something that you know makes them a bit of money. Mm doesn't do them any harm why not you know it's a business at the end of the day I don't want I don't I don't get why people are so embarrassed about the business side of it no 
But with Double Cleanse, that was no way, no way, no how was that the first product that had ever been sort of, hi Caroline, would you like to make a product? No. But you must have said no to a lot. Yeah, a lot. What made you say yes to Double Cleanse? Um, The fact that it was Pixie, I had a good relationship with them, the fact that they gave me carte blanche over the formula, um, the fact that they had taken the time to recognise what would be successful for my readers and not they just didn't want me to endorse any other product of theirs mm. they wanted to do it as a collaboration um but in general more because i like i say i've you know since i blogged about glow tonic and glow tonic sort of got picked up by i always say about the glow tonic phenomenon that i wrote about it yes i put it out there but if it didn't have legs it wouldn't run mm. if it was a crap product that didn't work and no one liked it no other blogger would have picked it up it never would have been spoken about it just would have been something that's on the blog there are plenty of products like that on my blog that don't really go viral, that don't, mm. you know... The fact that it works is not down to me, it's down to the pixie. Yeah. So it was just a nice affinity, really, you know, and, and it would make sense, like it did, it made perfect sense with my readers. Well, of course you would do something cleansing, and of course it would be a pixie. Whereas if I was to do a, you know, a lipstick with Illamasqua, they would say, that's odd. <laughs> not because I have anything against Illamasqua, I'm just not known for my lipsticks mm. or wearing blue. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it makes it just made sense, really. Yeah. And it felt it felt right. I always go with my instinct. And you are a facialist as well. I want to get make sure I say the right thing. Yeah. And you took? Did you take a break from that? And then you've gone back to it. I took a break for years because I was in corporate. Mm-hmm. So I was developing treatments on that side, but I wasn't working in a spa room. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to them last year because uh, Teresa Tami very generously gave me a room in her place one day a week. Um, we could have done more but everyone's like oh why not one day I'm like mate I can't do more than one day a week but I wanted to get my hands dirty again I missed it Um, and then I broke for Christmas and I haven't gone back yet but that is part of my not trying to overstretch myself and trying to be sensible Mm. purely because I knew the double cleanse launch was happening I knew it would be we'd go straight from double cleanse into catching up from January work I'd missed and then the Brits which is next week Mm. and then after that March, April I can breathe now, speaking of the Brits, this is something that I really wanted to bring up, if I'm able to, is that you give treatments and you, uh, the Brits backstage, Jo Touchner-Sharp has been on this podcast, she helps organise the, or organisers, I should say. It's her baby, it's she her found baby. it, yeah, yeah. The um, spa backstage at the Brits, so yeah. that's for all the performers and yeah. VIPs. Yeah. Is it correct that you were doing a facial on somebody or some sort of massage and you felt something in his neck and said, I would go and have that looked at. Didn't think anything of it until you got an email a while later. Yeah, he um, he is a producer for a lot of the young urban acts and he, I gave him a facial and I said, you've got a lump here and it doesn't feel right in his neck. And because he's black, he said, oh no, it's just an ingrown hair which is really common and I said dude I felt a lot of ingrown hairs in my time in fact you'll probably be my 25th black face today <laughs> um, and you need to go and get this checked so I was more insistent rather than I said go and get it checked well, how long have you had it oh well I was like what is wrong with you go and this is my thing with people with lumps and bumps you're not supposed to have them mm. you're not a camel go and get them checked <laughs> And um, so that's he, almost as good as paws are not doors. Yeah, you're not a camel. <laughs> so he went off and got it checked. I didn't think anything else of it. And then he tried to contact me, and I thought he said, "Oh, it's so and so from from the Brits." I won't say his name because that's not fair. Um, I'm trying to get hold of you. I got your email from I think you, I'd written my email down on the business card, or whatever. 
I've been trying to get hold of you for months. Can I call you? And I thought, oh, honestly, it's bad. I thought, oh, he wants some more Pixie product. <laughs> I genuinely did. And I answered the phone in the middle of a busy day at home with the kids. And he said, I just want to thank you. You made me go to the doctor and it was leukemia. And it was the only outward sign of leukemia on his body. And he said, my mum wants to send you flowers. And I started bursting into tears. And I was like, oh my God, I'm just so glad you're well. Don't be silly. Don't tell your mother not to spend any money on me. Don't be ridiculous. Um, and he had had chemo, everything. He'd been through everything before he managed to get hold of me. And he said, I just want to thank you because I'm sure people say it, but you have absolutely saved my life. And I just thought, fucking hell. Cried for about an hour, made a brew. <laughs> but I hadn't thought about it. But And that happened three times last year. Three times? Yeah, two others were lumps, were moles, malignant moles in the, at PAs. One was a body shop event in Oxford Street and one was a body shop event in Birmingham. And a young girl came in to meet me and she was with her mum and as she was talking to me, I was looking at the mum's face and I said, I'm so sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you. And I said to the mum, do you mind me asking how long you've had that mole? And she said, oh, years, but it's a bit itchy and I, you, could, you could tell it was changing. And I said, don't want to freak you out, but I would highly suggest that you go and get that looked at. And she went, oh, and I said, tomorrow. And then a bit, a few, a couple of weeks later, her daughter sent me a DM on Twitter. Oh, she messaged me and said, it's so-and-so from the body shop. Can I private message you? Can you follow me? And she said it was cancer. Her mum had had the lump cut out and she'd had further testing and blah, 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 blah. So, and that's not, that's just a lovely thing that happens mm. as a side effect of what I do. You know, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination a melanoma pro or anything like that. But when you've touched skin for a long time, you know what looks right and what doesn't. And as Marco, who is Dr. Lenz, always says, he, and he's, you know, one of the eminent specialists in melanoma and skin mm. cancer. And he always says he hates the term precancerous cells you either have a good mole or a mole that needs to come off. Right. If you're in any doubt, you get it off. Why would you mess about with a cancer? It's like saying, oh, I've got this shadow on my lung. We're just going to leave it and see what happens. And ever since he said that to me, it stayed with me. Mm. And obviously it, I got quite gobby about it because, yeah, three times last year it happened. Wow. Yeah, nice. Cripes. That's so... I didn't. I knew about the yeah. guy from the Brits. And two lovely body shop people. Well, not body shop, customers. <laughs> But, you know, it's, and that, again, comes from just having the confidence to politely say to someone, uh, I think that mole on your face needs to come off. But also it's testament to the fact that people really trust you. Mm. Because if it, was just, if it was just somebody doing a PA and it was just, uh, they didn't have your name, they didn't have your background, they didn't have your training, yeah. maybe they wouldn't take it as seriously. Yeah, maybe. So it's but quite naggy. Especially with a poor chap from the Brits. I was like, dude, this is not an ingrown hair. Look, I can feel it. And to the point where I say to him, I'm not going to massage it. Right. So my instinct was, mm mm. Do you also, I'm fascinated by this, fascinated. <laughs> oh, God. Do you also, when you're doing treatments, do you ever pick up on vibes? I'm really fascinated by people who, because human touch, skin on skin, I'm really fascinated by whether you pick up on people's moods. Always, yeah. But I'm quite lucky because when people come to see me, they're generally happy. I don't work day-to-day -day hard slog like a therapist mm -hmm. does in an Elemis spa or somewhere, you mm -hmm. know, or a Clarence Day spa, or where you just get people who are just coming in off the street, they've had a voucher for their birthday, they were caught up in traffic, they're really tired, mm -hmm. they're grumpy. My lot are all happy and cheery, and, you know, so I can't fairly say in defence of other therapists who are much more hard-working on that front than I am, um, my lot are generally happy but there's always a vibe you can always I always make people cry because I can instinct the mother it's more the mother side than the therapist side 
You said you make people cry. Because if because a lot of the time with with people with acne, it's usually people with acne or really problem skin, when they come and see me, it's the first time anyone's taken them seriously. So they'll go to a GP, they'll say, oh, you've got acne, you need some antibiotics, and it doesn't work. And then they think, well, that didn't work, and they don't have the funds to go elsewhere. They don't know where else to go in terms of a private dermatologist or anything like that. So they come and see me, and because I listen to them and take them seriously, I do get lots of people who get very upset. But it's a release. It's mm. more a release for them. They're just pleased that someone... You know, and it could be anyone in that situation. Again, it's not about me. It's about mm. the fact that the trust has built up over the years on the blog, that they, they feel like they know me. That's the first hurdle over with. They trust me implicitly, and they feel like I'm not going to make a joke out of their skin. It's such an emotional issue as well, acne. Totally, totally. And so if someone's listening to this and perhaps they have been to the GP about their skin and they feel a little bit helpless, what would be your advice be? Well, you, there's, it depends. It depends on their funds. You know, there's lots of things you can do yourself to try and fix at home in terms of... First of all, the, the main thing with me with acne is if it's just isolated to your face, I would look at your diet and your hormones and are your periods regular... Do you know, and with a lot of people who have what I would call a spotty face as opposed to acne, Mm -hmm. they invariably know what they're doing wrong. People are not stupid. They either eat a ton of sugar, they know that they're a complete dairy addict, (laughs) they smoke, drink and party and eat a ton of sugar and are a dairy addict, you know. Um, But people who have what I would call systemic acne, i.e. it's on their face, it's on their back, it's on their chest, they've had it since they were a teenager, you need a medical intervention, Mm -hmm. you know. And in most cases, if, that, if it's that bad, you need Roaccutane. But, you know, the whole, the whole sort of GP's industry is so terrified and skewed against it. Mm. Whereas, you know, you can get a really, really mild dosage that can be really, really helpful. But I can't do that. I'm not a doctor. I've never claimed to be a doctor. But I will happily, I happily send people to derms. You know, go and see this one. Don't go and see that one. Go and, you know, go and do this and ask them for that. But, you know... They may or may not want to know what I felt when I was doing the skin, but tell them I felt this and da-da. you know, it's if I know them I'll do a personal intro. So I would say go back to your GP. If you get no joy, go and see a private dermatologist. Mm-hmm. See if there are any good ones in your area. Look at Google, look at some reviews, see if you can do word of mouth. Because the other thing with acne is that it becomes taboo. People don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the the big skin thing that people feel like they can't talk about, as if the sad thing is as if we can't see you have a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, but when it's everywhere, chest and back and face, and then the issue is much wider. And I would say, do not go into any department store and ask for a cream. It's the worst thing you can do because nothing that is sold in a department store will help you with acne that is all over your body. It's true, and yet, and that's how the industry's built, which really pisses me off. Yes, it is. I had terrible acne as a teenager, and I never once went to the GP. How did you learn under control? Um, well, I got terrible acne aged 11. Oh. And just, and I was also bearded. Nice, yeah, very nice. Yeah, bearded and spotty, like very angry. And so I would get my face waxed oh. to get rid of the hair, but obviously then there'd be a milia situation on top of the acne. Oh. And then electrolysis. Ow. Um, Your poor face. I know, which is why it's now like leather. Um, but the, but it, it wasn't until I was 17 when I went to the GP about my energy levels and about mm. the fact I would literally come home from school and sleep through till morning. Yeah. My mum was like, I think something's wrong here. And they said, yeah, she's got polycystic ovarian syndrome. No. But it had been undiagnosed since the age of 11. Yeah. 
It's one of the first things I always say if it's girls. Mm. Are your periods regular? And then if they say yes, but they've got like a hairy situation on the face, I'll say, okay, well, have you been tested? Mm. And if they say yes, they said my levels were in the norm. In the norm. That's when I go mental because, you know, if, if let's say the, the ideal level for a hormone or anything really, your blood level, your sugar level, mm. anything is between 10 and 20. If you're a 10, it means you're borderline. Mm. It doesn't mean you're okay. Yeah. It means actually you could probably do with a bit of a boost to get you up to 15, 16. Mm. So I'm always sort of, well, I'd go back and ask them this and do this mm. and go back and ask them that. But it be, you become a bit like, I always feel like, again, like I'm my reader's advocate. Mm. You know, they say when you get older, you need a patient advocate when you're in hospital and stuff. Like you need someone who's there making sure they're shouting on mm. your behalf. That's kind of how I feel my job has become in the, as a blogger. Because if you do get turned away by your GP, which, you know, they, they have, they're very busy, they've got a certain amount of time, eight minutes or something, it's okay to go back. Yeah. That's the thing. It's yeah. okay to but go back. But we're very English in that, or British in that, we think it's, we, we, we don't go back because we don't pay for it. Yeah. Whereas in America, you pay for it. So in the States, you're like, I'm going to my dermatologist. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's no faffing about. Americans are used to paying for things and getting a result. Mm. Doesn't mean you'll get the right result just because you pay for it, but we have that mentality that we couldn't possibly put a demand on the NHS or the doctor mm. because we don't pay for it and we're lucky to have it. But actually, we do pay for it in our taxes and it is there as a service for you, so go back. Mm. There you go, people. <laughs> I'll come with you. <laughs> we both were. 11 till 17, I went undiagnosed and that situation was there and present. Horrible. Yeah. That's why I'm so messed up. I was going to say feisty. <laughs> no, because I, well, I mean, I navigate, I mean, lots of us do, don't get me wrong, I didn't have it worse than anyone else. But when you navigate your teen years yeah. behind acne Horrible. and a beard Horrible. and being overweight. And a Motley Crue fan. You have to develop a personality. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and what I swear, I swear, one of the reasons why I was so obsessed with rock music is because I would stay up, do you remember Raw Power? The TV yeah. program oh that was God. on at like two o'clock in the morning yeah. on LWT. I would wait up or I'd like put my VHS in oh, yeah. and fingers crossed that the time to recording work. and really yeah. aging myself here. But I remember watching it once and I think it was like a Guns N' Roses video. And my dad's saying something like, something about how all rock stars are really skinny and how the girls who go to rock concerts are like the best looking music fans. And I was like, well, okay then. I'm if I that. like this, <laughs> and for years I wanted to be Axl Rose, or specifically the backing singer for Guns N' Roses, for Knocking on Heaven's Door. I want to be a backing singer now. Me too. Mm. Have you seen it. the film 20 Feet from Stardom? No. Oh my God, you have to watch it. What I'll lend hell? you the DVD. Do it on Amazon. 20 Feet from Stardom. It's all about backing singers and how they're the unsung heroes. And it's Bruce, unsung Sting, heroes. everyone, literally. That's how my husband and I met. He was in a band and I was a backing singer. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. You've got pipes, Hirons. Yeah, he was a guitarist. And weirdly, I said to him when we were watching it, I went, I always sing backing singer parts. I never sing mainly vocal and harmonise and he said yeah, you've always done that so annoying <laughs> wait 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 so you used to perform in mm. gigs yeah not not like don't get me wrong I was not, not like a jobbing way. musician no no we had a mutual friend who was a sort of semi-famous in the London scene and I sang uh, we were on we, well one good thing for my children is my maiden name my, my husband's name and my name when I, before we married are both on an LP I know so they can have that and my kids didn't believe me I had to show them I was like why would I lie to you about this my name is here you idiot <laughs> so um no music I'm telling you music way above skincare 
give me a bit of coconut oil for the rest of my life and I'll make it do. But if I had to live without music, like I don't know how people go in Big Brother. How can you be, oh, no. how could you have no music for a month? I know you don't watch Drag Race, but Michelle Visage from Drag Race went in and she would sing show tunes because she would lose her mind. Yeah, I would lose my mind without music. Lose my mind. I definitely have to listen to something on headphones, like always cancelling, at All least the time. once a day. All the time. I have music on in here. I have music on in the car. I put my headphones on when I'm walking home. And then, but that, weirdly, I really also really appreciate silence. I'm extremes. I'm either noise, because when you've got four kids, mm. we do noise, noisy house, noisy music, TV's on, computer's on, and then dead silence. Well, I like the other day you did an Insta story where you said, I was trying to film a video, but I had to stop because my, my son and his girlfriend are yelling at each other in the kitchen. No, he was, he was swearing, swearing down the phone, but he wasn't, I tried, tried to make the point, he wasn't swearing at her, no. he was swearing in conversation. And I was like, mate, I've got to delete that now, I can't have all that language on Insta stories. My godmother watches that. <laughs> and I like the fact that you said, just to clarify, he wasn't swearing at his girlfriend. I would have knocked his teeth yes, out. Yes, I would have knocked his teeth out. Yes, my boys were not raised that way. No, your boys were not. Um, we feel like we, we're coming to the end of our time. We haven't done anything on skincare at all. This is like the lamest podcast ever for people who are a skincare Thanks fan. Thanks for that endorsement, Caroline. No, for people who are a skincare fan. For a metal fan, they're good. But you know what? Funnily enough, Nadine Baggett came on this show and the exact same thing happened. Mm. And then we, I had to go back and film... Not film. Not record. Video. I had to record another podcast with her, which we did last week. So we just have to do... Listeners, if you want part two of Caroline What was on Harris. your mind, Matt, that we didn't even oh, look at? Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> Tales from the Shop Floor. Oh, God, so many. Um, most commonly asked questions, but that can be in part two. Oh, okay. I won't answer that then. Diagnosing illness. Yeah, done that. that. Human touch. Back to facials. <laughs> Trolls. Done that. Um, They've had enough time. They're done. Yeah. Screw them. I was watching um, Nick, Nick Chapman put a... She's not Nick Chapman. Nick Haste. Exactly. Um, she did an Insta Live yesterday where she was yeah. doing her makeup and there were some nasty comments and she was like, I don't care to be honest, I've got quite a thick skin. And then two minutes later she just she was doing um I think she was doing her blusher and she just went, Yeah, fuck you too. Uh, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, um so yes, trolling, when did brands start calling? I suppose I didn't really I talked about power. Yeah. When you knew that you could sprinkle your magic hiring's dust. <laughs> over a product and it would sell out but when did brand stop sort of being like oh hi Caroline let's take you out for breakfast actually really early uh, really early on because like I say there were so few of us that you know from the beginning my blog had had its niche which was probably going to be skincare and I was qualified mm-hmm. so and I was already in the industry so I had friends so for me it was at the beginning obviously but you know everyone has their level I never get invited on fancy press trips would you go though? Depends on the press trip. I mean, obviously. Las Vegas, Brittany, yes. Well, hello. Um, but, you know, we don't. There are a few of us who have much bigger sort of engagement but don't get invited on the fancy press trips because we don't look right. Huh? Oh, yeah, totally. No, hang on a minute. No, 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 totally. For real? I'll show you afterwards. 100%. And we all know who the same girls are who go on these trips, and we all know that we're not going to be the ones who get invited. You know, Jane and I are old enough to be grandmothers. She'll kill me for saying that, but we are. You know, I'm not. Thank you, son. Keep that in your trousers. Jane, the views of Caroline Hyland are not shared <laughs> by the original podcast. <laughs> she knows what I mean. You know, we're these sort of older people. Then there are the people who don't look. If you don't look right, brands, certain brands do not want you in their pictures. 
So, and weirdly, friends of mine who've gone on certain press trips say that the whole time they're there, they get quizzed about, like, oh, how is it? You're friends of Caroline, and they just look at them like, well, why isn't she here? So I learned not to take that personally, but you have to be very thick-skinned. Nick's right. Doing this gives you a thick skin. Mm. Because if I, if I had a cry over every time I didn't get invited somewhere, I'd be a mess. But all that does is make me do my... You know, we all have those little tick boxes in our head, like, well, you're on my list. I won't forget that. You just have a column in your fees. Yeah. And there's a special column which so is double shit list. list. Yes. They're on my shit list. It's, I talked about this with Sally when we... It's like, don't be a hypocrite. Mm. You don't want me to come on your press trip, but you definitely want me to focus your, feature your skincare on my blog. You definitely want my... You want my endorsement. My readers. But I don't get the handbag. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally fine. Yes. It's just that you're never going to make the top of the pile. Yeah. You know? Well, the, the thing is... It's reciprocated. Yes, it's that fine line as well, though, because it is a business, and we must always remember that. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to make a living here. But there's also a part of it which is very nice, which is wrapped in tissue paper, which happens in five-star hotels. Yeah. And as somebody who came off a magazine, so that was kind of the main thing. Especially I, you. As I said, yeah. I, you know, I said to you, I was describing to Caroline before we started recording, I'm, Car- I'm using a suitcase today that I got given on this ridiculous trip. <laughs> Where I basically got handed cash to buy things, and then it was shot for me, and then I went on and had lunch with Poppy Delevingne in Amsterdam, and I don't think I mentioned the Amsterdam thing. And I just was like, oh yeah, that happens. And then... And now you're a freelancer and you get jack shit. (laughs) Basically. Pretty much, yeah. But being a blogger is like being a freelancer, you know, and the high-end bloggers are like being beauty directors of magazines, and the rest of us aren't. And that's fine. But... Don't be a hypocrite towards me, that's all. Mm. If you could be straight with me, that's absolutely fine. I don't mind that I'm not invited to XYZ. But don't then bullshit me, basically. Don't try to wrap that turd up in tissue paper. Don't send me that turd like Sharon Osbourne and say, <laughs> sorry you didn't make the trip, please put this cream on your blog. Nah, thinking maybe not. I'm sure you can understand that we you know, had a lot of people that we needed to take and budgets were tight. Budgets okay. were tight. Yeah, you know what else is tight? My giving. <laughs> Your arts and my giving. Brilliant. Now let's just work our way around the... I was going to ask you about teenagers. I was also going to ask you about politics. Just no, let's because, not do that. Yeah, let's not do that. I think, we, I think Piers Morgan covers that thing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then my orange, my orange, which is my usual... Let's end the show on the orange. Oh, OK. Let's end the show on the orange. I like that you have a theme. It's just because I got this pack of pens from, Mor- from Wilco's for a pound and I just can't get enough of them. So orange is how you end your show. Yes. It's, I never used to do this when I was at school. I barely used to revise because I was just lending the lyrics to Guns N' Roses yeah. songs. Wild Side. Also, I once got the liner notes. Remember those kids? Yeah. Um, from the album, and I'm going to really shame myself here, the album that was out in utero mm-hmm. when Kurt Cobain died. Mm-hmm. I wrote out all the lyrics again and tried to see if there was some sort of cipher or code with a serious You need help. Yeah. I also stood out in the rain in November and collected a bottle of rainwater and then labelled it November rain. Oh my God, you literally need help. I didn't help. get out more. I, I did really not get out. You really need to get out more. It's that beard, wasn't it? Is the, how can you get out and have any kind of teenage years if you've got uh, a spotty red You collected November rain, you absolute moron. <laughs> no, I did. And I kind of love that I did. If I could go back, I would probably pat my eight, eight, 18 years up. 18? Probably. Oh, my God, help me. No, so 16. But it was in a bottle of red wine that I'd got, um, a small bottle that I'd got on a plane. Nice. 
and so I thought I was I thought I was a rock star. Classy. For my 18th birthday, I wanted a bottle of Jack Daniels like Chris Robinson from the Black Rose because I was obsessed with the fact that they always just had like a bottle of JD. Right, and if you ever tasted it, neat. Disgusting. That was a shock to the system. Three years later, when I afforded my own, because I wasn't allowed. Obviously. Um, right. So, where is it all going, Caroline? What can we expect from the Hirons, apart from brilliant Insta stories? Um, just have to watch this space, really. Tick, 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 boom. Yeah, I don't. Um, I like to keep things close to my chest, and I love it when people underestimate me. That's my favourite thing. Oh, it's a little bit like Katie Price, though, is it not? Don't underestimate the pricey. Oh, uh, is that what she says? We'll have to rebrand it for you. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, we don't have much in common, Katie Price and I, except we've both had a lot of children. Um, <laughs> but I I could have made a joke there or something and said we both slept with Peter Andre, but it wouldn't work, would it? I haven't, by the way. I was just thinking of something that would be funny to say. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, I love that you have to qualify these things just in case there is the person who might think that... Well, my husband, personally, <laughs> is the only one I was thinking of. Not that he'll listen to this. Um, oh. I, he doesn't listen. Don't be offended. He doesn't read the blog. He doesn't watch YouTube. He doesn't do anything. Jim, I'm going to get this podcast pressed onto some vinyl for you. <laughs> there you go. Then you might listen. Um, I uh, No, there's stuff happening. It's all good. It's, it's an exciting time. I just have to, you know continue to be led by what I think is the right thing to do rather than what I think the industry wants, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense, and I think it's why you have a legion of devoted fans. Good people. Good people. Good people. Duran Duran, no. What do you... Durannies. Durannies. Can so, you at least get it right for Christ's yeah, sake? Hironies? No, no, no. And also, it's... I feel like there's a disconnect from the whole the Hirons thing. Like, I quite like... My name's Caroline. Mm. Everybody can call me Caroline. The Hirons is like this big, scary, alter ego thing that is not me. You know, my, Do you think? Yeah, I don't like it. Oh, you don't? Okay. No. But it's... I just, you know, it's like Hirons. But, you know, when you're talking about yourself in the third person, you're like, <laughs> oh, good one, Hirons. This is where anyone would talk about themselves. But I, I personally never translated that on the blog as to please call me Hirons. No, it's other people have done it for you. Oh, okay. I'm Caroline. Thanks very much. Caroline. Yeah. So here you go. That's uh, a... And, and it's all the I. So thanks for saying my name right. Caroline High Runs. Because when I'm in France, it's Caroline Imron. <laughs> okay, Madame Imron. I'm sorry, who's... Sorry, what do you say? What about any ears? <laughs> my name Have is you got my... Yeah, they're Maria Tash. My yeah. ear is on. What? Caroline Imron. No, it's High Runs. Thanks very much. Caroline High Runs. Did I just say it wrong then? No. You said it right. Well, I mean, I'm very fussy about getting people's names right. Obviously, having the most ridiculous guns. They just call you Emma. Emma Guns. guns. See, I used to hate being called Emma G. Mm. Hated it because I wanted to be Emma, like Madonna or Cher. Yeah. And then I'd fallen in love. With, yeah, because you know, because obviously, as a fat, bearded, spotty teenager who collected rainwater, I was clearly on their level. But um, I've now learnt to embrace Emma G. And obviously, Emma Guns. Nice. Cool. Thanks like for having me on the guns. I've had an awesome time. And if you want Caroline back, then you'll just have to inundate both of our social media channels to make it happen. Thanks, Caroline. See you soon. Bye. There you have it. That was Caroline Hirons on the Emma G podcast. And if you have any further questions, you can email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet me at Emma Guns using the hashtag EGPodcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.